The following is a production of SAK Digital Ventures. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, a place where you can sit back, relax, smoke a cigar, and talk about Chicago sports. Now, here's your host, Steve Cass. Welcome to Cigars and Sports Chicago, episode 36. This is the deep dive on the White Sox Woes edition. I think we have an interesting take on that. You are at the best place for cigars and Chicago sports. I'm going to set the scene. I am at the place, the Cigars and Sports Chicago studios. The place is a cigar lounge at 5236 Main Street in Downers Grove, Illinois. The place is a great place to hang out smoke a cigar, watch a game, relax, do whatever the hell it is that you want to do, but please do come by the place, 5236 Main Street in Downers Grove. We'd love to uh, hang out with you over there. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Cigars and Sports, and you can get the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts, but you know that because you're listening to a podcast. As always, I'd like to introduce my co-host, Phil Sullivan. Hey, guess what? Just kidding. Phil is out on emergency duty tonight, so I am going solo. I'm smoking a La Flor Dominicana El Jaco Perfecto number two. Really enjoying that. We'll miss Phil tonight, but he will be back at the end of next week for our post-NFL draft edition. But I'm going to soldier on along tonight. So as we mentioned, the White Sox suck. And I've got, I think, an interesting approach to take on this. They suck as a team. Yeah, I think we know that. They have a uh, 7 and 12 record, so that speaks for itself. They also suck as an organization. They've not won a series yet. They've scored all of their runs in a single inning in the last four games, including only in the first inning, in three of the last four. Then just organizationally, you may have seen on Twitter and seen some of the viral stuff that was out there about last Saturday. There was a massive 10-minute complete brawl in the stands. There was no security to be found. If you wanna, if you did, if you missed that and you want to catch some information on that, go to at Cigars and Sports on Twitter. We've posted some stuff there. Then we've got our guy, and by the way, in that fight, no security in sight for 10 minutes. It's unbelievable. We got Mike Clevenger, the former domestic abuse accused, who, by the way, whose uh, former girlfriend, baby mama, whatever you want to refer to her, is still going on Instagram every day and ripping him and saying he did all this stuff. He walks out to the uh, Kanye song, Gold Digger. And yes, the White Sox, and by the way, if you're not familiar with Gold Digger, I would encourage you to uh, take a look at the lyrics. No filter whatsoever by the White Sox. No one stopped them from doing it. No one thought it might be a good idea to mention to somebody, hey, is it cool if Clevenger goes after this song? No, they just let him do it and it was fine. And of course it was fine with him. You know, guys continue to get injured. Um, including the entire left side of their infield. So things are going really, really poorly. The other day, my son said to me, so what do you think they need? How do they fix it? You know, what do they need to do to get this thing turned around? And you know what? 
I started thinking about that because it seems to me that there are so many things wrong that I'm not sure what it is that they're going to fix. So I decided to do a deep dive on team stats and team analytics and just see where the strengths and weaknesses of this team lie. And I think I may have discovered why they stink. So what I want to do for you now is I want to give a comparison. I'm going to take three teams, one of them being the White Sox, and do a comparison of where they stand, not only having nothing to do with deep analytics, just simply traditional team stats. And I took a very, very good team, the Tampa Bay Rays, who are currently 16-3, and got out to that 13-0 and start. And by the way, they are the Chicago White Sox next opponent, and they play seven of the next 10 against them. So that should go great. So we're going to look at their team stats. Then we're going to look at um, an overperforming team. And by the way, guess who I selected? I selected none other than the 11 and 6 second place in the NL East, excuse me, in the NL Central Chicago Cubs. And then I picked a bad or underperforming team, and when I say underperforming, or is it? So I don't know if it's underperforming or they just suck, and I've come to the conclusion now that they just suck who are 7 and 12. So what we're going to do is look at these three teams and talk about where they stand in a variety of categories. And I think this will uncover what the White Sox need to or can do to fix this thing. First of all, in terms of payroll, Tampa Bay, 73 million. They are 28th in baseball. The Chicago Cubs, 184 million. They are 12th in baseball. And the Chicago White Sox, very similarly, 181 million. They are 14th in baseball. And by the way, I am assuming that Tampa Bay will, you know, have a good year, make the postseason as they always do, regardless of how they've performed in the postseason. The Cubs are overperforming right now, or at least it appears that way, but they've played really well and seem to have a really good team assembled on a variety of levels. But hey, let's just assume that they're overperforming, but they are performing really well right now. So let's take a look at the statistics compared to the White Sox in these various teams for these various areas. First of all, let's take a look at team batting average, the most basic stat in the world. And you know what? I think as a team, it does mean something. Tampa is ranked number one. Oh, by the way, the Chicago Cubs are ranked number two in baseball. The White Sox are ranked number 11. Let's take a look at team home runs. Tampa Bay is ranked number one. Once again, the Cubs are ranked 12th. The wonderful Chicago White Sox are ranked 18th. Stolen bases. This is a great one. Tampa Bay is ranked 11th. The Cubs are ranked 3rd. And the Chicago White Sox are actually tied with Tampa Bay at 11th. Run scoring. Tampa Bay is ranked number 1. The Cubs are ranked 6th. And the White Sox are ranked 17th. RBIs. Guess what? Tampa Bay, take a guess where they're ranked. Number 1. The Cubs are ranked 6th. And the White Sox are ranked 17th. On base percentage, Tampa Bay is ranked number one in Major League Baseball. The Cubs are ranked number three. The Chicago White Sox are ranked 25th. Slugging percentage, Tampa Bay ranked number one. The Cubs are ranked fifth. The Chicago White Sox are ranked 15th. OPS on base plus slugging, Tampa Bay is ranked first. The Cubs are ranked third. The Chicago White Sox are ranked 19th. 
Hits, total hits. Tampa Bay ranked second. The Cubs ranked fifth. The White Sox ranked eighth. They found something that they're in the top half in. Bases on balls. Walks drawn, basically. Tampa Bay is ranked 14th. The Cubs 21st. The Chicago White Sox 27th. So only three teams worse. Strikeouts. So that is your team striking out. Tampa Bay has ranked the sixth least in strikeouts. The Cubs are the fourth least in strikeouts. And the White Sox are the 11th least, or otherwise known as the 19th worst. So they stink in that too. So those are some hitting stats. Let's take a look at some pitching. Team ERA. Tampa Bay is ranked number one in Major League Baseball. The Cubs are ranked fifth. What do you think the White Sox are ranked? 27th. Strikeouts. The Tampa Bay Rays are ranked ninth. The Cubs are ranked 13th. No, this is not a trick. In strikeouts, the Chicago White Sox are ranked first. Strikeouts by pitchers. They found a category where they're doing well. Okay, let's go back to normal now. Whip, which is uh, walks plus innings pitch, which I view simply as base runners allowed per inning. Tampa Bay is ranked second in Major League Baseball. The Cubs are ranked fourth. And the Chicago White Sox are ranked 27th. Batting average against. Tampa Bay is the best in the league at number one. The Cubs are ranked fourth. The Chicago White Sox are ranked 25th. Bases on balls. That means how many walks have your pitchers given up? Tampa Bay, the 10th least. The Cubs, the 8th least. The Chicago White Sox, the 29th least, meaning that there is only one team in baseball that has walked more guys than the Chicago White Sox pitching staff. Let's look at total earned runs. Tampa has given up the 29th most. So in other words, second best in baseball. The Cubs, 27th most, which is the fourth best in baseball. The Chicago White Sox, they have given up the fourth most earned runs. Trust me on this. The White Sox suck. There's only three teams that have given up more earned runs than them. Let's take a look at the bullpen. Let's look at bullpen ERA. Tampa Bay is ranked sixth. The Cubs are ranked 15th. And the White Sox are ranked 28th. But if that isn't bad enough for you, let's look at bullpen whip. Tampa Bay is ranked fifth. The Cubs are ranked ninth. The Chicago White Sox are ranked 30th in bullpen whip. And let me give you one final touch. Defensive runs saved. You may be familiar with that statistic. It is a statistic by Fielding Bible and is viewed as a pretty realistic look at how well a team plays defensively, it, it, how, how well they prevent runs. So Tampa Bay, basically the 13th best defense, the Cubs, the 12th best defense, and the Chicago White Sox, yes, as you might imagine, they are the 22nd best defense. So what is the conclusion that I have come to? What do the White Sox have to do better in order to start winning more games? Guess what, White Sox fans? Everything! They have to do absolutely everything better. I have just proven to you, if you could actually hold on and listen to that for long enough, the White Sox suck basically at everything. So it seems to me that it's time to do something pretty drastic. You know, another thing I'm wondering about, and you heard the fire Tony 
uh, sort of fan meme in the beginning of the uh, in the intro of the podcast here. You know what? Now I'm wondering, maybe Tony LaRusso the last two years before this, maybe he was just distracting us. Maybe the manager doesn't matter as much as we wished that it had. And maybe the fact that, you know, we were blaming him for sore legs and mumbling in press conferences and falling asleep in the dugout. Maybe we missed the fact that the team just sucks. Let's talk about roster construction. Think about this. The White Sox have four guys who are completely useless on defense. We all love Jake Berger. The guy's hitting burger bombs. He's been a great story. If you know his whole story, uh, you know, in the White Sox organization, blew out both Achilles. He was out for years. The guy's 27 years old now. He's hitting home runs. Um, he's hitting a home run like one out of every seven or eight at bats since he's been up. Absolutely fantastic. Hit a 118-mile-an-hour exit velocity ball the other night. Um, hardest hit home run, uh, second hardest hit home run in baseball this year. We love Jake Berger. Jake Berger cannot play third. He cannot play first. You have to hide him somewhere. He's basically a DH. He's a terrible defensive player. Aloy Jimenez, we already know. He First of all, he's not hitting at all. You know, I guess maybe he'll come around, but certainly he's not a guy that you want out there defensively because even if he isn't as bad as maybe we once thought he was, every time he's out there, he's hurt. Hanser Alberto, um, that guy is so bad defensively that, and, and by the way, he's on the injured list as, you know, White Sox players commonly are. That guy's so bad defensively that he got Tim Anderson injured. And then Gavin Sheets, whether you put him in right, whether you put him in left, whether you put him at first base, the guy appears to be terrible defensively. So on a team of, of a 26-man roster with 13 pitchers and 13 position players, how the hell can you construct a roster that has four guys that are completely inept defensively? And by the way, their defense is improved, and they're still 22nd in baseball. The bullpen. The White Sox have more money invested in the bullpen than any team in baseball. And then you take a look at these guys Joe Kelly, Jake Diekman, who, by the way, we got stuck with for a second year after trading him to the Red Sox for Reese McGuire, who's actually a decent catcher, by the way. Graveman, who's been, you know, he's okay. I know we like him, but he's okay. Aaron Bummer, who's been absolutely horrible. They've got $25 million just invested in those four guys. So are they going to get rid of those guys? Yeah, maybe one. Maybe they get rid of Diekman at some point. But no, we're stuck with those guys. So even if they had guys in the minor leagues with live arms that they wanted to bring to the major leagues, which actually they don't because they have one of the worst minor league systems in baseball, and we haven't even talked about that, and I think I'm not going to talk about it tonight, they can't do anything about it because they have all these guys that they're paying that you know they're going to be hesitant to DFA. Let's go back to Jake Berger for a minute. So when Mankata returns, which hopefully will be sometime in the near future, maybe worst case in the Minnesota series that's that's coming up in uh, in about, I guess, 10 games, where is Berger going to play when Mankata returns? Well, I guess if Jimenez uh, is not hitting, he's going to DH. But frankly, I don't even know where he's going to play at this point. But if the guy is hitting, we've got to keep him in the lineup. And here's the thing, man. Speaking of Aloy Jimenez, I am so sick of this guy. 
I am tired of him. I am sick of him. I don't want any more of him. I'm almost ready to DFA him. That's probably a bit extreme. He's also owed, I think, about $45 million. But I'm just telling you, man, they got to wait for this guy. Hopefully you get a little bit hot. Try to deal him. I'm done. I, I loved you, Aloy. I, I just can't take any more. Certainly Jake Berger or, or Sheets is not going to be any worse than you as a DH. It's time for you to go. And let's take a look at the schedule. The next 13 games, three at Tampa Bay, three at Toronto, four at home versus Tampa Bay, and then three at home versus Minnesota. So that's 13 games. Let's say over that 13, let's say in three of those four series, they win one game because I don't know how they're going to win more than one game against Tampa in either of those series. Let's say in one of those other series, let's, let's be optimistic. Let's say they win two. So that means that over the next 13, that I am projecting anyway, best case scenario of four and nine, which would make them 11 and 21 by the first week in May. 10 games under 500, they'll already be buried. So how do you fix this? Frankly, there really is only one way. And I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but at some point, doesn't there have to be some heat on Rick Hahn? Rick Hahn just, he must be fired. He must go. I'm sorry. We used to like you, Rick. We gave you a lot of time. You've been the general manager since 2009. I think you've won one playoff game since then. He, Rick Hahn has got to go. Because if we're going to rebuild this thing again, then obviously we're going to make some deals at the deadline. And there are some things to trade, you know, whether it be Jimenez or Luis Robert, if he's playing well, or by the way, Tim Anderson or Giolito or, you know, potentially Lance Lynn. There are guys who you can get something back for at the deadline. They're going to need to do that. But I don't want Rick Hahn doing that. I do not want Rick Hahn to be the one who is rebuilding this thing. So Jerry Reinsdorf, if you're still alive out there, we need to do something about this. Rick Hahn has had a long opportunity to get this thing right. He's not gotten anything right. You know, I hate to threaten someone's job. I wish him well. But the bottom line is the guy is terrible. He can't do this job. He has to go. So White Sox fans. Thank you for listening to my vent on this. Believe it or not, that's all I have. They stink. They stink at everything. I'm very glad that my son asked me to take a look at this and figure out what was wrong because when I looked at it, I don't know if I feel better or worse, but I feel like now there's no hope because I feel like we were able to prove to you that the White Sox are good at absolutely nothing. So I'm going to do a quick pivot here before the end, and this is going to be an abridged episode because the NFL draft is next Thursday night. Very excited about that. Um, the Bears right now are at nine, and I want to make a prediction as to what the Bears are going to do. And then we will start off with a recording of exactly what I'm about to say in the next next episode to see how it plays out because we're going to do an episode next weekend and we're going to be very draft analysis heavy and Phil will be back. So what do I think the Bears are going to do? They're at nine and I think that when it gets to nine, there is still going to be one quarterback still on the board, likely Will Levis. And I believe the Bears will trade down at nine 
because somebody is going to need a quarterback. And I think that that is going to be surprisingly the Texans, who I believe are going to pick Will Anderson at two, even though everyone thinks they're going to pick a quarterback at two. I'm going to project that Houston is going to pick Will Anderson at two. So they're still going to need to get a quarterback. Will Levis will still be there at nine. They will swap nine and 12. And hopefully the Bears maybe will get a third this year and a third next year um, in additional picks to do that. I'd love to get a second. I don't know if that's possible, but you know they'll get something. They'll move down to 12 and Northwestern left tackle Peter Skaronsky will still be there. At 12, the short-armed left tackle, the Bears will take him. Now that we know that uh, you know that Ryan Poles is even uh, tends to be partial to local guys, I think that that actually gives uh, Skaronsky a little bit of a, a boost there. I do think that he's a very solid guy that you can throw in on day one, and that is what I believe is going to happen in the NFL draft. And that's it. That is episode 36 of Cigars and Sports Chicago. Um, the lonely uh, solo edition will be back uh, with Phil at the end of next week. And uh, thanks very much. Talk to you soon. Bye. Sugar Magnolia, blossoms blooming, that's all empty and I don't care. So my baby down by the river, we should have to come up soon for there. Sweet blossom, come on, under the willow, we can have high times if you look back. Of nature, rolling in the brushes down by the riverside.